0: Another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we're breaking down week three of college football this week, Colin.
1: It was a lot of fun. This this week, you know, we had some, some big performances in previous weeks. And it's nice to see a new crop of guys having huge performances, especially some of the guys that we have on our like watch list to be first-round dynasty picks.
0: That's been an interesting part about this season. Not exactly surprising, but when I think back to last year, I feel like the guys this year, the 2024, campers are making it really easy to talk about them on a week-to-week basis we're getting big performances from all sorts of guys that we talked about over the summer um, and there's been a few new names mixed in here and there but a lot of the guys that we know are going to be top players in this class are showing out big ways for three weeks and earning badges here
1: yeah and i mean that being said we you flip the coin that has been on my side <laughs> since we went back, but you won the toss this time. I did.
0: And like last week, this was a no doubter. Yep. And we're talking about another top wide receiver from this class and one that we haven't talked about yet. This is That's his right. first badge of the season. I am, of course, talking about Malik Neighbors. If you watched the action this weekend, you saw Neighbors absolutely dominating against Mississippi State. This final stat line is truly something to behold. Most of it came in one half. 13 catches on 13 targets for 239 and 2 touchdowns. Neighbors was having a fine season the first, you know, the first 2 weeks of the year here, but this takes it to a whole new level, a player that is among you know the top three maybe wide receivers in this draft class uh, and he's getting the elite company badge for me this week because he did something that in the last 20 years only two lSU wide receivers have done Can that I guess is who they are? yeah go ahead guess
1: is it Jamar Chase and Odell Beckham?
0: you got one of them. <laughs>
1: Is it Justin Jefferson?
0: It's Justin Jefferson. You want to talk about elite company, do something that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson did at LSU. That is uh, in one half, 175 or more yards and two touchdowns. So that's how you enter elite company. That's how you say, hello, I'm Malik Neighbors, and I am one of the best wide receivers in this draft class.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good, I'd say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, man. It's it's an it's one of the more insane stat lines we've seen from anybody this year.
1: Yeah, he was winning just immediately. Like these these guys on Mississippi State looked like they were just stuck in the mud. And he ran, I mean, the two slot fades that he scored touchdowns on, it was if we're even I'm leaving and they were like, we're just like waiting to see what neighbors was going to do. And he just ran by them both times. I mean, he's been putting together good underlying numbers all season and they finally all come together. I mean, He's had good target numbers, he has good yards per reception, and then you finally put it together, and it's this 13 target, 13 catch, two thirty nine, two touchdown. I mean, almost 19 yards per catch, 18.4 yards per catch is pretty astounding. I mean, (laughs) perfect passer rating when targeted Uh, doesn't get a whole lot better than this when it comes to a single-game stat line. 7.24
0: 7.24 yards per route run Woo! not bad no <laughs> i mean uh yeah just absolutely dominating performance from malik neighbors and y- y- as you're mentioning i mean he is kind of ramping up here as we enter the year you know three weeks here starting to find a rhythm and one number here that also caught my eye in this game 15.6 a dot Talk about getting him yeah. down the field more. That was something that really worked for them later in the year last year, and uh, we saw it on those two touchdowns and more in this game. So, um, yeah, what a complete, what a complete player, what a fun player, wins at all levels. I mean, talk about elite company. Well, he might be next in line with this LSU uh, lineage that they're building with the wide receiver position.
1: Yeah, this. He's uh, a few people's wide receiver, too. I think he's still there for me as of now. Uh, and this kind of performance makes it uh, you know, pretty easy to see why. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, we talked about a lot of wide receivers last week. We're going to talk about a fair amount again this week, but... With your first badge, Colin, we're talking about a quarterback, and his name is not Caleb Williams because Caleb Williams (laughs) didn't play this week. So who is it?
1: So it's a name that we have not mentioned yet this season, and we probably should have up to this point. It's Michael Penix. He's uh, 27 for 35. We've mentioned his name. He hasn't gotten a badge. Uh, but Penix went twenty seven for thirty five for four seventy-three and four touchdowns. Uh but you know, this is just kind of run of the mill for Penix because this is his third four hundred yard passing game. Uh his third game I mean out of three with three touchdowns. Uh game one he against Boise State, he had five touchdowns, no picks, so uh just you know, ho hum for Michael Penix to go out there and just sling the pill around for the Huskies. Uh and I mean what do you think about Michael Penix as a prospect uh, as like an NFL quarterback because what it seems like is he's got all the arm talent in the world. The the accuracy is fantastic. He looks better than he did last year and he was a Heisman candidate last year. Uh he's basically doing whatever he wants on the football field. And I'm wondering if what what you think?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I love Michael Penix. I we can go back to summer scouting quarterbacks, you know, kicking off this this year of college football. Feels like a long time ago, but at this point, but Michael Penix was my number three quarterback going into this season. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing has changed. I know there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks in this class, guys like Shadir Sanders who are even emerging in this conversation for quarterback three. But Michael Penix for the last year and change now has just looked like a dominant player. And you're, the point you made about you know taking it for granted, I think that is real. Like we come into this season after the year that he had last season – And with this offense and the receivers that he has there and you expect it to look dominant and it has, but then when you take a step back and really appreciate what this player is doing and you watch the throws that he's making in these games, I mean, this is not just, you know, schemed, you know, manufactured statistics. This is a real NFL quarterback prospect. And he is one of the most productive quarterbacks in the country, certainly uh, right up there in terms of Heisman potential once again this year so uh, amazing start for Penix and it's just a blast to watch this team
1: yeah and he is getting the another day at the office badge. <laughs> there it is because <laughs> I mean like you said when you turn on Washington this is what you expect and I mean before you know it it's going to be you know 505 touchdowns and it'll be like all right that's that's a little right. nuts but <laughs> i mean he's not too far off from where he is right now uh at 473 four touchdowns that is i mean one pass away essentially so uh it's just been a ton of fun to see Penix and and the the season he's putting together so far and you know I, I know we're we're a little light on quarterback most of the time unless it's the chosen one uh, but I mean, Penix is just—he's forcing the conversation, is what he's doing.
0: He is, and I mean, like I said, this class is very talented. I think at this point in time, maybe even more so than we were expecting going into the year. But how many quarterbacks are vying for you know day two at, you know pick? I mean, we might have a whole rush of guys. We'll have our wave in the first round. There could be four quarterbacks going in the first round this year maybe even more um but i mean it's it is that type of class and it's very exciting
1: you look at a lot of nfl teams that are employing uh bridge quarterbacks i guess we could say it nicely and a lot of these guys are sorely needed on those teams so uh i think Penix can can find a way to get that i mean easy gas that he has coming off that arm onto a football team pretty soon in the end oh hell
0: yeah man hell yeah well we don't have to stray too far with this next badge because i'm giving a badge to one of michael Penix's receivers uh we gave one to jalen mcmillan last week this week it's going to romo Dunze. Uh, I mean, uh, within the same conversation of players that we were watching in the summer, top players in the class, all three players here that we've talked about were guys that appeared in the summer scouting lists over the summer. Uh, and Odunze, like I said last week, is having another phenomenal year. We just haven't really talked about him because it's it's another one of those things where you see these stats that these yeah. wide receivers are putting up in Washington, and you're like, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's how it works there. But, I mean, Odunze, through three weeks, uh, 419 receiving yards with two touchdowns. I mean, it's a dominant season thus far. I mean, this is a player that had an amazing season last year. He's on pace to have an even better year this year. And I think one of the things that we talked about with Odunze, we saw in this game. And that's why I'm giving him the ball winner badge. Because it was an area that when you watch him on tape, you see the ball skills, you see this six three two fifteen 215 frame activated at the catch point. But then you go back and you see what was the what, what does the full body of work say and last year it was four contested catches on 16 contested targets well in this game alone Odunze had three contested catches on four targets he was doing what he does he was winning down the field with his athleticism and his ability at the catch point uh, and that amounted to eight catches for 180 yards in this game. I mean, he was all over the place winning down the field. And uh, so really encouraging thus far five contested catches. He's already surpassed his entire season's total uh, in three games this year on six opportunities. So it's an area we wanted to see him kind of put that to, onto the paper. And he's doing it so far this year.
1: Yeah, he was, I mean, all season he's been so good. He was uh, the player that I projected was going to be the wide receiver to in this class. Uh, It's not looking like it uh, because of the talent that's popped up in front of him. It's not really due to what he's done alone because, I mean, he's done nothing but be dominant so far this season. He's been... One of Penix's favorite targets on the season, but I mean Penix spreads the ball around so much, but there's so much to go around. Like you said, this this is just what they do, and a a buck eighty seems pedestrian in this offense, and that is a crazy thing to even say. Uh, But I I love how Odunze plays. I mean, he's a really tough player, and. We're we're seeing what we asked for in the preseason because uh, I wanted to see him, you know, complete more of those contested opportunities, and uh, he's doing just that. And he's getting downfield. I mean, twenty-two and a half yards per reception is again just bonkers. I, I mean, that's what's going to happen on when you're you're clicking like this, but. Man, I this this Washington team for me is must watch television when they're on offense because it's fireworks just over and over again and uh, Penix and McMillan and I mean Jalen Polk even was dominant. Polk looked
0: pretty nice in this game. Yeah. I, gotta,
1: I gotta say he he looked really good in this game uh, where. He just—I mean—he had five catches of buck eighteen, and he made some some highlight grabs, uh, but he's a sophomore, so we'll we'll leave him be for now. But Odunze, McMillan, and Penix are all uh, appointment television, if you like, when a team slings the ball around the yard. Because I mean, they're going to give you a whole lot of that
0: week seven. Washington and Oregon. That'll be the first big game on Washington's schedule. This was Michigan State this week, by the way. This was a Big Ten matchup, um, and they they won handily. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about a
1: running back, Colin. So we've talked about him before, and you know – I, I, I thought about bringing him up last week, and I left it alone, and then he played even better this week. I'm talking about Audric Estime uh from Notre Dame. He is getting the freight train badge. Well, he's getting the jump man badge.
0: <laughs> I was like, are you going to break it out again?
1: <laughs> I'm breaking it out. I'm dusting it off. Uh, We used it last week for Keon Coleman when he had that uh, jaw-dropping hurdle. Um, But Estime had not one, not two, but three hurdles in this game. He he cleared three people. um, And for a guy this size to be that light on his feet and that creative in – because one of them was like in traffic where he ran, you know, basically just a dive. And, you know, he's surrounded by people, hurdles somebody, and gets an extra, like, 20, 22 yards off of it because he cleared the one guy. So, Estime has been an interesting player. I I mean, we gave him the, the, the juggernaut badge week zero because he was running people over, getting that head of steam, and just punishing anybody that got in his way. Um and he has gotten better every game since. He's getting more touches every game since. Uh, got 521 yards on the ground on the season, five touchdowns. I mean, this I, this Notre Dame offensive line is incredible, and they are giving him a lot of, you know, a, a head of steam to work with. And he's putting this, you know, 230 pounds behind his shoulder pads and punishing people that are trying to to bring him down. And then you add in a little bit of this, you know, a little bit of the finesse of now I'm going to hop over you because you think you got to get under my pad level. You think I'm going to run you over low man wins. Sorry about it. I'm going over the top. So, uh, adding a little bit to his bag and, you know, I I love the, might be climbing the ranks a little bit. This is a fun player. He is a lot of fun.
0: And I think when we talked about him in week zero, it was more of like, a, well, there's two teams we're really talking about here. Estime has a good game. He had a good year last year as well. Um, but, you know, what is this player? I think I at that point in time, I even said, you know, kind of profiles as maybe like a later day three guy. Yeah, yep. Um, and since that point, he is showing things that he has not put on tape up to this point. I mean, last year, I think one of the things you you could say about him is like you see the body type, 5'11, 27, You see the power that he runs with, but you question, you know, the overall juice. You know, does he have the juice? Does he have the acceleration? Does he have the speed? And honest honestly, he's showing a new gear this season or what feels like a new gear. I mean, they're playing central Michigan this week. It's not elite level competition here, but he had big runs in this game. Uh, you talk about seven runs of 10 or more yards and four of those were for 15 or more or the breakaway run stat that PFF keeps. I mean, that is explosiveness. That is an explosive player in this game. Then you also talk about his ability to run through contact. His contact balance is like it's bordering yeah. on like, like special. Like yeah. I don't want to call him – I don't want to say that he has like special traits. But like his contact balance is really something to watch. And in this game, it was 108 yards after contact and, He's up to 293 now after contact on the year that leads all of college football. I mean, he is an exciting player, and he has had an incredibly productive season up to this point. So this could be a name that we're, that we're really keeping an eye on down the stretch here and seeing how he finishes this year and you know, can he get into the conversation at the running back position.
1: And there's just not a lot of running backs like him, you know. There, there's very few that have the, the the yards after contact ability, the power, the goal line strength that he has. I mean, you talk about like Braylon Allen, and he is of that ilk, you know. Uh, but Estime is, you know, similar in the way that he, he carries himself, and he will you know, make you pay if you get in front of them. So you got to always think about that. So interesting player, interesting player that is stringing together some really impressive performances.
0: And if nothing else, he's just a blast to watch right Yeah, now in I mean, Notre football. Dame
1: in general. Yeah. Has That's, been they're a fun, fun
0: team. That's a fun team this year. And, and they'll be
1: playing Ohio State this weekend.
0: Big okay. matchup. Okay. Oh, we got a lot of big matchups this yeah. weekend. I'll tell you that. It's an exciting weekend coming up in college football, but uh before we get there, let's talk about an exciting game from week three. If you stayed up to watch Colorado and Colorado State after all the chirping and the back and forth with these coaches, if you tuned in, you were treated to an amazing game between these two teams. and. Uh, Colorado pulls off the win in double overtime, but my badge is going to a player from Colorado State, and that is Tory Horton. Wide receiver, new name to the program this year. He's a senior, and he is getting the safety valve badge from me because when they needed to make a play, it wasn't always sexy. But Torrey Horton was there, and he was there in crunch time, and he was there in overtime because he had 15 catches on 17 targets for 134 yards and one touchdown, the touchdown coming in the first overtime uh, on a really, really nice catch in the back of the end zone. I mean, I was just so impressed with this player, and you you could see – how much he means to this offense just based on how they were getting him the ball obviously how involved he was and then i mean it's just it was such a good game for him and he he really put himself on my radar as a 6'2, 190 senior wide receiver he's got the captain stamp on the jersey i mean impressive player and and hey also had a passing touchdown in this game as well so what can't this guy do
1: (laughs) yeah he's just a absolute target vacuum for this team i mean safety valve is a is a great way to put it because anytime this colorado state team was in need of someone to to make a play i mean it was him and their tight end number five who was making a ton of plays i i mean A buck thirty-four, a touchdown. I was, I was watching, I was watching the this game, of course, because this was the big one. You got to stay up for it. And I was like, man, let's see, see what you know, Coach Prime's got for us tonight. I was like, good lord, number fourteen is just every single time is getting the ball. So, uh, glad you you brought him on here. I I mean, one of these, you know, kind of savvy senior wide receivers yes. that is is getting the rock often and you know he's smart he's finding the spots he's sitting in the zones I mean everywhere that he needs to be he was and made it easy on his quarterback and I mean made it interesting for Colorado State because it, it would it should have been a lot easier for Colorado given that they were like 22 and a half point favorites and brought him down to the wire and horton was a big reason for that
0: yeah i mean he certainly was and and he was matched up with travis hunter early in the game before hunter you know had that horrible god that, <laughs> i that, don't even want to yeah I, we don't need to talk about what it a i'm joke. not gonna you know what happened after the fact i heard the reports today that the kid number 11 i think is was getting death threats and stuff like yeah we don't need to go that far, but that was about was as a, cheap as a cheap yeah. shot gets, in my opinion. But that was gross. Um, but Torrey Horton was working well against Travis Hunter early in that game, and there was a lot of you know crossing routes. It wasn't uh, there was a lot of just short routes in this game from Torrey One, Horton. One sexy, yeah, it wasn't anything crazy. But then he does have a few of those plays. that like, get a really really nice catch on the sideline. And then the touchdown in overtime was a really nice play as well. So there's something to build on here. It's a player that's clearly very, very, you know, uh, important to their offense in Colorado State and certainly a name that we will continue to keep our eyes on here at Camp Dynasty.
1: Someone else that we've been keeping our eyes on and that we will continue (laughs) to keep our eyes on is Blake Coral. I mean, never
0: heard of him. Who's that?
1: Right. So, uh, Michigan's running back, uh, number two, not the other one. Oh, yeah, right. Of course.
0: The guy that was in our top five running backs last year.
1: Yeah, right. So, he's getting the slasher badge because the way he runs is just it's so clean. Everything is so, you know, there's not any wasted movement with Blake Corum And,. I mean, he had one big run in this game where he just completely—he—he he made that one cut, and then he just like—I don't even know what the safety's supposed to do. Like he just bounced off of him, kept the balance. It didn't even look like he was getting contacted by a defender. Uh, and then he got chased down in the end because he's slow and he stinks. You know, <laughs> right. if you don't have long speed, yeah, then you're bad, right?
0: Yeah, then you're yeah. easily a day three pick, but right. Um, no, I the the it's the same story, man. With Blake Corum, it's never it's never really like super entertaining, right? Like he doesn't really play in a way that's like good for like Twitter clips or the highlight right. reels. But man, this is just such a solid running back. The quick feet. The ability to to change direction and make guys miss in just the tightest areas. I mean, I think we're talking about the same run here. The play where he kind of breaks one there, and there's the play on the second level where it's like in the blink of an eye, he's just like shifting. going left, yeah, yeah, like shifting left, and the and it's like it, almost like he's doing a little teleport. Like just <laughs> he he's so shifty, he's so crafty. The vision is so good. And I just, you know, we talked about this player before the season as, you know, maybe a guy that with all of these dynasty red flags that he has with the injury and the age and the returning to school, maybe this is a player that gets pushed down the boards when we get into draft season, you know, a long time from today. But you can't deny the talent. You cannot deny the talent. And this is going to be a really good NFL player, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, and the reason we haven't been saying his name a lot this season is just because he's been on somewhat of a pitch count, it seems like. I mean, he's he ha- hasn't had more than 15 carries in a game. He's had 10, 15, and 12, uh, but this week he just turned it into 12 carries for 101 and two touchdowns so ended up uh being a little more efficient even though he's logging 6.9 yards per carry on the season so he's been very efficient he's been you know the same Blake Corum that we've been talking about for two years now uh but he just you know pumped those stats up a little more and um We'll see if he's going to, you know, take on a little more of that load as the season comes on and as he gets a little more healthy. Uh, But as of now, he'll just keep being Blake Horan.
0: Yeah, that'll be certainly something to watch. You talk about, you know, 248 carries last year before the injury. This was the definition of a workhorse in college football. He was getting fed week after week, so... Probably not a bad thing to take a little bit of the load off of him this year, especially obviously coming back from that injury. But uh, still, you know, twelve carries over one hundred yards this week, and they needed it, man, because that team looked sloppy against Bowling Green. I gotta say that was a rough one to catch up on after the fact. But
1: yeah, it was tough for the JJ McCarthy Truthers. Yeah, (laughs) yikes.
0: All right, let's talk about another player here that we haven't really talked about at Camp Dynasty but this is certainly a name that is on the radar he's potentially even a first round NFL draft pick according to some folks but it's a player that I think we are both lower on than the you know the consensus um Xavier Worthy is getting a badge for me though this week Because I recognize when I need to uh, identify a player that has done something really special. And that's what Xavier Worthy did this week. You look at the stat line. Okay, four catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. That's fine. Whatever. But he's getting the Jet Fuel badge for me. Because the touchdown came on one of those plays where when you watch it you're almost amazed that a human being can be that fast on a football field he took off down the sideline and was just gone in the blink of an eye there were defenders all along he beats his man he beats another man down the field nobody had a chance to catch him and it's just it that is the kind of speed Like, there's a lot of things about Xavier Worthy's game that I wish were better, specifically his hands, his consistency from play to play. But you can't teach speed. And Xavier Worthy has elite speed. And that is why, you know, in a similar fashion, when we talked about Jalen Hyatt last year, who was a little bit of a bigger player that level of speed, okay, that's going to get you drafted. And we saw Hyatt showing up this weekend. We might talk about him around the campfire later. But Xavier Worthy, smaller player, 6'1", but only 172. He makes the most out of it with the speed that he possesses and makes it really difficult to get your hands on this player. And so we'll we'll acknowledge him this week, Jet Fuel.
1: On that catch and run that Xavier Worthy had, he's just completely destroyed angles that these guys were taking i mean i i i don't know if there's a player in uh the ncaa that has the type of you know acceleration and speed that xavier worthy has that potentially could get him drafted in the first round like you're saying and you know the the Jalen hyatt comparison is uh, not a bad one i i think he's got a little more gas than Jalen hyatt had but uh, we'll talk about Hyatt a little bit later on, like you said, because it uh, seems like he can, you know, translate that into NFL production. And I'm sure there will be a team that can turn Xavier Worthy's uh, elite traits into uh, NFL production. And I'm, I'm a little worried about like consistency and all that because he's not like an X receiver. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Marvin Mims, uh, but just faster. Which is a good thing because Marvin Mims is good at football. So uh, Xavier Worthy is uh, he, he's a he's a fun guy, and I um, this this Texas team man they got a little bit of something to them. and Quinn Ewers has been putting some, putting some things together that we may not have expected, may or may not, but uh, that that just adds to the the depth of this. 2024 quarterback class 2024 wide receiver class and uh yeah here we go he also looks a lot better in number one than he did in number eight (laughs) i agree
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I was counting on you for the number analysis yeah that's that's
1: nice you know look good feel good play good and I, i truly believe in that
0: yeah i like it all right
1: i still i still can't believe brian burns is number zero he looks it, the best in number zero that I I can think of.
0: The teal and the it's, black—it's so good. The, oh yeah, incredible! All right, well we have one badge left to present for week three. Colin, take it away.
1: Speed kills, and Jordan Watkins has plenty of speed. Uh, he's he's back. We we had him on week one, right?
0: I don't think so. we no? talked about Trey Harrison week one.
1: We talked about trey Harrison week one. Jordan Watkins is the other old Miss receiver the other other old miss receiver yeah. <laughs> uh so this is uh Jordan Watkins' second one hundred yard game on the season. uh he is their big play threat because uh I mean, thirty yards per reception this game, four catches. Uh, and he's just getting behind the defense and these, these all miss receivers just, just interest me because this all miss team is a lot of fun. And again, we were talking about big matchups. They're playing Alabama this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, and that's going to be a good television product. Uh, but Jordan Watkins is just, he's another one of these guys that can just break angles, of opposing defenders because he has this easy speed. I mean, the, he also returns punts for Ole Miss. And in that, you can see him bring a couple of those back for touchdowns because he, he just picks it apart and he can stop and start. And when he starts up it's zero to 60 in like two seconds. So, uh, another interesting deep threat kind of player with, you know, easy speed that, can stop and go pretty quickly and he's I mean good after the catch as well as it seems all of these old Miss receivers are and I don't know what they got in the water in Mississippi or if their wide receiver coach is you know teaching them something or you know the weightlifting program whatever it is it's working because these guys are all electric after the catch
0: yeah Jordan Watkins a big year so far Uh, A little bit of background, 5'11", 190. This player transferred from Louisville uh, coming in last year. 2022 was his first year with Ole Miss, and he is well on his way to easily uh, setting career highs in terms of receiving this year as a senior. Uh, And like you said, man, it's as the big play weapon in this offense. Uh, We talked about Trey Harris in week one being this bigger yak you know, yep. potential player. Watkins is the guy running way past everybody downfield, taking the top <laughs> off of the defense. I mean, this game, that post route that he ran, I mean, just elite speed. That's what it yep. is. And He was double-teamed we know... <laughs> on that route. What's that?
1: He is double-teamed. He had a, he had a corner oh, yeah, underneath yeah. him. He had a safety behind him. You know, right. I mean, they tried to double-team him, I should say. They had the right. safety over the top, and he just beat them both.
0: Yep, yep, and I mean – So, speed kills, we know that. We know the NFL loves it, and maybe this player is on his way there as well. So, uh, Ole Miss, always got to watch the wide receiver room, man. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Yep. So, just keeping an eye on the guy that, you know, uh, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart uh, has been putting together a very good season for Ole Miss, and this receiver room is so well balanced that you know they got the the speed guy to take off the top they got the rack guy and they got a possession guy and then you got quinshawn judkins in the backfield toting the rock so i mean this is a, a well balanced offense and it could turn into a little bit of a machine and jackson dark can use his legs a little bit so uh Ole miss fun team to watch
0: fun team indeed but The next thing on our slate, Colin, is something that is not fun because that is the end of week three badges, which can only mean that it is time to pick up the phone and make the call home. And this week we led the show. Your first badge went to a quarterback. That was in our top five summer scouting coming into the year, Michael Penix. Our call home this week is going to a quarterback that you had ranked as the number five quarterback coming into the year, but there was a big caveat on that. And that was that we needed to see development out of a player that had massive, a massive arm. <laughs> If nothing else. And that's (laughs) Joe Milton. Um, But why are we making the call for Joe this week?
1: Joe Milton has, you know, has been less than inspiring, I'd say, this season. He's been about what he looked like last year. So you said we needed to see some development. And I mean, so far this season he's looked just about like joe milton so uh it's time to make the call to joe milton the second and say hey man uh your son joe you know he's playing okay uh but we need to see some more out of him uh, the, he has the the talent he has the arm strength he can run the ball but you know if if we want him to be the the nfl player that is you know going to be the project guy but has high upside and you know it's fun to watch he's going to need to to work on the accuracy a little bit he's going to need to work on the the mid-range game you know uh so we'd like to see a little bit of that over the season
0: and you know one thing about joe milton that i don't know if everybody realizes, is that this is an older player. He, yeah, this is year number six for Joe Milton. And when you think back to last year with Hendon Hooker, obviously it became a little bit of a meme about how old he was, but yet you still saw development from him all the way, you know, into that. I believe it was his fifth season in college football.
1: That was his eighth. <laughs> Hendon,
0: <laughs> just doubling up two yeah. four year terms. Yeah. yeah. Uh so there was optimism that Joe Milton in this scheme could develop in a similar way that we watched Hendon Hooker develop last season. And um but I said it in the summer, like it was a very long path to go for this player to develop from the tape that he put out last year in the, in the limited action that he had to what you expected uh, to see of him as the full-time starter. There was a very long discrepancy there to become something that was really you know intriguing from an NFL perspective. And he had all the buzz going into the year with the 90-yard throw. And, you know, this is the strongest arm we've ever seen ever, like whatever. I think we're seeing through three weeks, and the reason we call this week specifically is because against Florida, you're the number 11th ranked team. Joe Milton's week was 20 for 34, for 287, two touchdowns, and one interception. The interception was horrific <laughs> and they lost easily to Florida. So yeah. it's, it's not the same Tennessee. This is not Hendon hooker, you know, with a bigger arm, like there, unfortunately it has not all come together for Joe Milton. And at this point we have to start wondering, will it ever come together? Because there is no time left yeah. for him to develop outside of the rest of this season.
1: Yeah, and it's it sucks cuz I mean, you see when it's good, it looks so easy. And you just want it to turn into like with Anthony Richardson last year where you could just saw the ball spin out of his hands and, you know, break the sound barrier without him even flipping his hips all the way. Uh and you you see that same kind of arm talent with Joe Milton. Uh, but it's just the, the polish, the, you know, he didn't get the update in the off season. Yeah. He just, <laughs> you know, he said, skip, you know, we'll take care of it tomorrow. Uh, it didn't update overnight cause he didn't plug the phone in and, you know, now, now we're sitting here and it's still Joe Milton version 1.0, but now we're six years in. So, uh. Unfortunately, when you when you say the interception was horrendous, I mean, he threw a punt. It, he was being sacked. You got to just take that sack. And instead, he just threw it like straight in the air. And it just dropped right down. No Tennessee players within 10 yards of the ball, 15 yards of the ball. And it just you know, he, he could have fair caught it. He could have waved the hand up in the air and, you know, but yeah, it was not the best game. So, you know, get, get a little bit, get the easy stuff, work on the mid range stuff, let the game open up and then, you know, let the, you know, take the baby out of the garage and let it rip. But uh, for now, just, just let the easy stuff come to you.
0: Take the baby out of the garage. That's can we get shirts? I want that on a shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's what we need to do with Joe Milton's arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what we need to do is put Anthony Richardson back in the garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back. We'll uh, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, we're well. We'll get there real soon. All right. So, Joe Milton the second had a nice conversation with him. The best part about. Nice right guy. Now, very nice guy. Very understanding. It's like, yeah, my son needs to be better. I get it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for making He's that like, easy. We're six
1: years in. I, like, I get it, man.
0: Right. Well, the good news is that we don't have to end these shows on a negative note because last week we introduced it and we're damn sure bringing it back again. It's time. To light the fire and recollect on the campers of old. Because it's time for all grown up. So, before we start our conversation tonight, Colin, I just want to give a little bit of an update on how this week went in scoring the folks really liked your team when we voted about when we voted on it in the summer after our season finale season one and this week you took care of business 111.74 to my 95.65 i don't know if we have players going actively in monday night football there are two games happening you do jonathan mingo Oh, Bryce Young, that's my quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's your that's, quarterback. That's my quarterback.
0: Uh so but you know what? It's it's fine. I'm just here for a good time. That's all I care about. But what what did you what stood out to you this week?
1: I mean Bijan. Oh my I, god. Man. I can't not talk about Bijan because, you know, we're we're Green Bay fans. We're Packer fans. We are so we got to closely watch what Bijan did, and it, you know, so I was watching with my fiance, and she's like, "Man, number seven's really good." She's like, "Every time they give him the ball, he's just," I I want him to not get the ball, basically, and I was like, "Yeah, that's me too," <laughs> but at the same time, it's like every time he gets the ball. You know, you get a little, little feeling, little butterflies in your stomach. It's like, man, on all grown up. This is, this is what we expected to see. And you know, he, he put on the the real performance that we were hoping to see. Still takes long Still takes long It was fifty fifty with Algier, but he had one hundred twenty four rushing yards and forty eight receiving yards. So, I mean, man, that's what's to me this this week. I don't mean to. We, we shouldn't talk just about Bijan every week. No, we week, should. When he does stuff like that, <laughs> I, you can't not. Like.
0: This is the face of Camp Dynasty right here, Bijan. It is. I mean, look at him go. I mean, how how exciting is this to see him doing the things that we talked about for an entire year leading up to his NFL journey starting? I mean, yeah. he looked like the player that everybody, including us, thought he was going to be. He looked like the special running back talent, and scary stuff. Game number yeah. two, we're already—it's already unlocked.
1: I—I ta- I was talking to my brother. He was doing a fantasy draft, you know, a redraft, and he's like, "Who would you take after um, like it was Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup?" And I was like, "Take Bijan." And yeah. he's, like, he's like, well, I'm going to take Jamar Chase. And I'm like, okay, I understand, but take Bichon. <laughs> uh, and he's like, you're insane. And I was like, you haven't watched, go watch him. And he watched him, and he's like, I just drafted Bichon. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, here we are.
0: It's, that, it's the thing, man, where it's like you see that he's a rookie, and it makes you be like, oh, I can't actually Yeah, do that. You get nervous. When, when you know, you know. And yep. it's when it, when it's Bijan, you know, so. Yep. Um, but, I mean, the, how about the other guy we need to talk about? Our wide receiver one from Camp Dynasty last year, Puka Nakua. Yes. Uh, who we were both very very high on. Uh, I mean, we had him was... round
1: one, I think. <laughs> I think we had a nobody else. Yeah, nobody over else over Bijan, maybe. I don't know why anybody else didn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: w- honestly, just a special story so far. I don't know what it means. I don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. But, I mean, the most targets ever in two games for a rookie wide receiver, Puka Nakua. I mean, how can you – how could anybody have guessed that?
1: It's almost, like, impossible to think that this is what would have happened. He has the most catches – in NFL history, through their first two games, with 25, uh, he's one of two rookie wide receivers ever to have 20 targets in a game. He has the most targets in their first two games in NFL history. I mean, all of these numbers are, like, historic. He is making history uh, week after week. And, like, could it be that it's just because of... Uh, cooper cup being out it very well could be but i have a feeling you know in the summer i comped him to robert woods after the draft uh because i mean he has that kind of skill set where he's a tough player he blocks he can you know run after the catch well he's polished and all of that and i thought sean McVay was gonna like him i didn't think he was gonna like him this much but good lord, this is a lot of fun to see him go from fifth round pick to, I mean, number one wide receiver, uh, second in receiving yards, number one in catches in all of football.
0: I mean, like you say, and I think a lot of folks are probably saying, oh, it was Cooper Cup's out, right? Right. You don't you don't set NFL records just because a player's out. You know, right. just just because you're next up on the depth chart that that doesn't mean that you just get to set NFL records, you know, like <laughs> clearly this is a good player. Yeah. How he will exist in the offense next to Cooper Cup is what we're all waiting to see. But I think he has already answered the question of, is this a good NFL player and do they like him and do they want to get him involved? Because clearly the answer is yes. Yes. So. Did
1: you did you see the clip of him talking to Cooper Cup? No. Oh man, it was beautiful because it, it was just like it, it was uh, them two talking and Cup's just like, yeah, man, when you do this route, you just gotta you know set them up like this, and, and Puka's like, okay, so I do this, and Cup's like, no, no, try to be a little more, and it's <laughs> just like them going back and forth, and I'm like, yes, yes, this is this is perfect, I love this, and so, uh, man if he's going to soak up all of that Cooper Cup knowledge on top of, uh, you know, already what he's doing. And then, you know, you talk about how he's alone in this offense right now. It's like him and Tutu Atwell and uh, Matt Stafford is an all-time lock-in on one guy kind of player. You know, it it was Megatron and then it was Kenny Galladay and then it was Cooper Cup. And now it's Puka Kua. but but uh, once Cup comes back, won't it just make it easier for Puka? Like, won't it just be way easier to get open? Because he'll have the best wide receiver in football, uh, one of the best no. wide receivers in football yeah. across from him. <laughs> go, Let, me rain Let me rein that. Let me rein that back in. Maybe <laughs> go two back years into ago. the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. It is just unreal that this yeah. is what's going on with Puka.
0: With yeah, it is. It definitely is. And hey, you mentioned Tutu Atwell and that just makes me think about Tank Dell. And Ooh. that's that's a camper that I wanna talk about here because I think we are entering a world where size is officially starting to matter less than it ever has before yep because like even tutu atwell like we see him finally getting involved in and if
1: 140 so- pound receiver can do it
0: right <laughs> right i mean like tutu atwell was like the embodiment of like this is too small to play in the nfl and he got drafted in the second round and he didn't get used for two years and now suddenly they're using it and that just happens to coincide with tank dell who was a player that we both really, really liked and a lot of folks did too. I mean, especially talk about what he did in the in the postseason process to translate his immense statistics into like, oh wow, this yeah, he's a this a good player. Uh gets himself drafted, you know, day two NFL and they're they're using him already, man. It was real. Yeah. They're getting him involved. Him and Nico Collins are doing great things with CJ Stroud already. Yeah, I snuck it in. Yeah, Um, but I yeah, Tank Dell, very exciting and and honestly a little bit of uh, perception shattering in terms of when I see a player that's listed at one sixty five, one seventy, I'm not going to be as afraid of that player as I used to be.
1: Is that why Xavier Worthy was on on the camp report today? Oh,
0: we'll throw him on there right now. (laughs) One seventy one. Oh, that works. That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's heavy actually. (laughs) That's that's big. That's big. Opens things up for Troy Franklin a little bit this Ooh. season. I mean, he's almost too big, 180-something.
0: huge. Yeah. yeah. We're almost but, up to 190 with <laughs> Troy. <so.
1: laughs> but, yeah, Tank Dell, I mean, he moves different than anybody else in that 2024 class. And I, that, that should have been enough. But, like, just seeing that number is, like, Oh, man, that makes well, me a little bit nervous. It's but never
0: worked, man. It's never great. worked. Like, Tutu Atwell, like it, he didn't do anything for two years. That's all you had to look at and be like, well, yeah, they're probably it, this is probably going to be another one in the same, but something's changed.
1: Something's changed. Man, uh, Anthony Richardson I want to talk about. All right. Because he had, I mean, t- such a good start <laughs> when you talk about this game. Within, like, six minutes, he had 17 fantasy points because he had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, And then he, on his second rushing touchdown, he kind of bounced his head off the turf and self-reported a concussion, which never happens. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, And is out for the rest of the game. And that is two for two on games that he did not finish in his NFL career, Uh, both rushes that you know this the one in this game was more kind of fluky where he got pushed into the end zone and just kind of fell weird a little tua ish uh and then the last game it was like he's fighting and it was like three plays in a row where he took some punishment so anthony richardson maybe take it easy a little bit you know i understand you're built like a tank and like you can take anybody on -on one-on-one and you'll probably win most of those but preservation is key you want a long career we gotta pick your battles yeah i mean it's
0: super encouraging to see him looking good in his first two nfl games but that's the double edged sword of being a mobile quarterback. I mean, he's just got to figure out that part of the game where you got to try to minimize contact, even when you are a rusher, even when you are getting physical. Like, it's a big part of it. And it's limited rushing quarterbacks in the past, and two games, two injuries, now what you want to see out of the franchise quarterback. So. He's looked but fantastic, though. He has looked fantastic. He definitely has. Very impressive. I mean, man, I just – I go back to all the times that I said, you know, he needs to sit for a year. Yeah. And he's he's proven me and a lot of other people wrong in that regard, and he's he's looking good. And yeah. there were a lot of other campers that were looking – former campers that were looking good this week. I mean, there is a laundry list I could sit here – I'm, yeah, I'm seriously. just about done toasting my marshmallow here, but yeah, mine's a dark, yeah, while we're browning up here, I mean Marvin Mims, big week, Jalen Hyatt, we talked about, had a little bit of a breakout game. I mean, there's Roshan Johnson's getting more involved. That was a player oh, yeah. that we really liked here too. And I mean, it's just it's fun, man. It's fun when these guys show up in big ways. That's what that's what we're here for.
1: Rookie tight ends. Are not dead. Sam Laporta has had two Ooh. good weeks in a row. Yeah, who we were a little above. Well, I mean, by the end of the by the season, end of the year, we were about up. right. We were yeah. about right.
0: I'll take a victory lap.
1: For yeah, we were we were on Sam Laporta pretty early, and uh, you know, it ended up being right where everybody else ended up being. Mostly the NFL, which really matters, right? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I think Kincaid. I th- Go
0: ahead. I was I was gonna say I think we should implement a rule where every time we victory lap, we have to defeat lap. Like if I say I'm gonna victory lap Laporta, then I also have to say that I was way too high on a player. And I'm I refuse to say Cedric Tillman yet because we just we haven't seen it yet, man. I
1: mean yet. the Browns are playing right now, so yeah, maybe he could maybe, have he a might have yards. 90
0: yards right now, and I don't even right. know about it.
1: Right. Uh, so I'll victory lap Laporta. Who will I defeat lap on? <laughs> Spencer Rattler. Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that. I had him as and my we're preseason. Back to
0: 2024. Yeah.
1: Well, I had Comes him as my circle. preseason QB3 in 2023. So I'm yeah, defeating okay. that.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Look at you going all the way back to last summer. Thank you. All right. Uh, any other any other campers here? My I'm about to make my s'more. So are we? How do we feel about week two in the NFL?
1: I feel I feel pretty content about uh, yeah. how the campers are doing. I mean, the 2023 class looks really nice. I mean, it they does. all look like real NFL players. You know, and I'm happy. I'm happy Jordan Addison, here.
0: another touchdown. Yep. Say Flowers yep. still looks good.
1: He's a freak. Uh, JSN bad player. So. Terrible
0: player It
1: uh, hasn't even had a hundred yards yet.
0: There's the defeat lap done Dang two up. weeks
1: defeat in. Lap, <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Jameer Gibbs yeah, sucks. D- nope. Terrible. There we
0: go. All right. Let's get out of here before we piss any more people off, including myself. Uh, that's week three of college football week two in the NFL. Like I mentioned, this upcoming weekend, make plans to find several TVs and a couch on Saturday because it's going to get very, very interesting with some of the matchups that we have upcoming. Should make for a very entertaining show next week. But until then, get in touch with us. Wow, get in touch with us at Camp Underscore Dynasty on X and Camp on TikTok. You can also find us on other various social media channels and also YouTube at Camp Dynasty where video feeds of the pods go up every week. And, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review, share the podcast feed wherever you choose to listen because we very much appreciate it.
1: Oh, yeah. Have a wonderful week, people.
0: Have a wonderful week. nick chubb there's a situation ongoing i'm gonna go check on that his, but it doesn't his, sound great
1: his knee exploded it's over yeah
0: well <laughs> that's it's not funny i don't know i laugh when i'm nervous i'm nervous about what i watched on the video about nick yeah, chubb's knee so that's
1: adam Schefter had a really bad tweet also he's oh. like nick chubb dislocated his knee towards lcl pcl and mcl in 2015 and it's like okay adam schefter schefter like, with a mistimed bad maybe,
0: tweet water is wet those are yeah. things that and i And then
1: he's like and that was the knee he injured it's like yeah. okay yeah. schefter yeah. Th- th- okay. Th- that was unnecessary Lose my number
0: all right well thanks for stopping by camp dynasty this week we'll see you next week